the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Golden State Warriors won their fourth NBA championship in the last eight seasons when they defeated the Boston Celtics 103-90 this past Thursday. NBA Finals Most Valuable Player and Golden State Point Guard Stephen Curry scored 34 points, 18 of which came behind the three-point line and dished out seven assists. Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green also recorded double-figure point totals. Wiggins tallied 18 points, six rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three blocks. Poole came off the bench to contribute 15 points, Thompson accumulated 12 points, and Green amassed 12 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Good afternoon, Pastor Rick here. I'm trying to figure out how to say this and, you know, include my diversity, equity, and inclusion training here. Uh, how do I say it? Happy, happy Father's Day to all those who don't identify as mothers. How's that? <laughs> I guess, maybe. Happy Father's Day. Non-birthing person's day? Non-birthing, yeah, happy, happy, yeah, happy non-birthing. That could work. That would do it. Uh, so a little bit of sadness in my heart. I, I came to a realization uh, this morning as I was talking to Derek. Curling season is well over, and um, so doing? anything that we had to talk about on this show, I thought was out the window until I realized no, lacrosse is coming up. <laughs> so <laughs> any news in lacrosse at all? Actually, I. Haven't been been able to find anything. I, I think they had the NCAA championships recently, so I think they did. Yeah, so I think it's pretty much over now. Uh huh. Gone the way of curling. <laughs> so. it's, it's sad you had to ask Derek that curling season was over, as if you didn't. No, know. I did. No, I realized curling season oh. was over when I was talking to Derek. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, but he's right. They just had the the college championships for lacrosse so that's pretty much gone too and the only thing left to look forward to is well the the stanley cup playoffs with that doesn't include the red wings or the nba which doesn't include the tigers doing anything or well we got the we got football season coming up but no there for the lions wow derek it must be tough being a sports guy in michigan <laughs> Yeah, it, no it lacrosse, is. no curling, no football, no <laughs> baseball, no hockey, no basketball. What do we have? Well, 
Thankfully, there is the Tigers' top prospect is going to be debuting today, Riley Green. So there, there is some hope there. Hopefully, he will provide a much-needed spark to the struggling Tigers team. Okay, well, we got one hope of one spark. <laughs> God, I like when Derek does the historical stuff on his show. I, I like that calling back to people I recognize. You know, the nice thing about talking about things like historical stuff when it comes to sports, you can make make the Lions sound like they just won the championship because, well, they did once years and years and decades and eons and almost centuries ago. So <laughs> it's like watching Miracle on Ice over and over. Yeah. Or you know, miracle. that was What's it called? Miracle. That miracle. Miracle. That was about the yeah. uh, the 84 hockey team. Yeah, that that's awesome. Yeah. I like the movie. Uh, 1980. I, I, it was 1980 when they when they won the gold, or, or well, they 80. defeated the Soviet Sorry. Union and then Finland to win the gold. Yep, 80. Yes, I have to watch a movie again to remind myself. Yeah. So happy Father's Day to all those out there that are well not birthing persons. I guess we covered it all. And uh, hey, do me a favor uh, today. Well, tomorrow's Father's Day. If you have a memory you want to share about your father, uh hopefully a kind one or something you're going to do tomorrow with your father, please give us a call 734-822-1600. And again, if you can't remember that number, you can find it down at the gas station on the wall saying for a good time, listen to this and I'll have the number. So, uh, boy, I'm getting looks. Uh, I'm getting looks from Ed on that one. And then of course we got, we're on Skype folks in case you don't know this. So I can see Derek. He's, he's, Proud, sitting tall and proud there in the seat. And then I got Ed, and he's sitting there smiling and questioning everything I say, which is okay. Uh, and then I got the top of Phil's head <laughs> looking like Kilroy, you know? But one, thing, one thing I noticed there, Phil, looking at the top of your head, you're kind of like, well, me and Ed and Derek, um, we used to use head and shoulders. Now we can use mop and glow. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, well, I joined in the club of, of um, long gone. Yeah, lunch. I enjoyed. I enjoyed Baldness so much. I bought the company. So, <laughs> but I am enjoying Father's Day because I got my grandson and my great grandson with me today and they're with me quite often but man i just enjoyed those two guys they are they are they are about the best well i i believe you because i'm looking at your facial expression from your eyebrows on up and uh yeah. it's, it's convincing you like so. the, you like the glasses, <laughs> uh, yeah. but um you know uh i i always say that i was a pretty good dad in a pretty good granddad, but I am a great, great grandfather. So. All right. Well, the one to ask is not you. The one to ask would be your kids, your grandkids, <laughs> well, I, and your great-grandkids. I got, I got many, many, many things that I can toot my own horn about, but, but I just really. But you don't want to teach your kids the dangers of pride. Is that what I'm yeah. hearing? Got it. And, and you know my, you know my son, he is a terrific father. Yeah. Terrific father. Yeah, I remember years ago we had him on our show once. It was it was fun. Yeah. And uh yeah, Ed, what are you doing for Father's Day? And you're gonna brag to me on how great of a father you are too? 
Well, no, I'm going to I'm going to make a confession here. I I wasn't that great a father. I, my wife tells me my wife listens to Christian radio all day, and she listens to uh, some of these these people, and they're talking about the like the guy who does Focus on the Family now, and Jim Daly, I think, and he talks about how abusive his father was, not just his first father, but his adoptive father, his stepfather was abusive also. And there's this lady who does uh, shows, I can't remember her name, and she talks about how abusive her father was. And I'm thinking, these people have risen to heights of, of broadcasting and of celebrity, and, and they're also doing great works. And it was because they had rotten, abusive fathers. And I'm thinking, I should have done better by my kids. I should have been rotten and abusive. <laughs> you you, you should have been rotten and abusive. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, you know, and, and there's some truth, and that's kind of what I wanted to hit on that a little bit. Um, I, I think you've heard some of my my story, Ed. Um, my father and I, in my teen years, uh, my father was very abusive. I will say, though, in the last five years of his life, um, we became great friends, but it was never a father-son relationship that I had with him. Um, but he was very abusive. And, and so my stepfather, when I was out on my own at 15 years old and going to school and holding down a full-time job and trying to pay for my own apartment and everything else, my stepfather says, no, we already have two of my kids here. We can't fit anymore. So I was ending up on my own at 15 years old, living on my own, going to school. And you know what? I thought about that. And I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm happy where I am today, just so you know. I wouldn't be where I am today. Hadn't have been for all that stuff I went through. And so I look back and I, I thank God for having the life that I had, even though there were rough times in it, because God did great and beautiful things with everything I went through in my life. That's great. You know, my dad, my dad was not cold and distant, but he wasn't warm and fuzzy. We went on vacations, but my dad and I never hung out together. You know, you know what I'm getting at? He just... Right. We just never, you know, we went, when we were with Boy Scouts, we went camping. He was one of the scout masters, but I was just another one of the guys. And I kind of have treated my kids like that, much to my regret as I look back. I did all right by my kids, but I was on second shift. Most of their, most of their coming up, and so I didn't see them in the evenings. And it was just an economic thing. If I wanted to keep this job, I was on second shift. That was my justification. Right. But uh, they turned out okay, but I see my son's acting to their children a lot better than I did. Maybe they learned a lesson from me that way. <laughs> well, you, you know, you, you hit it on another point. Is a, In today's world, because of, uh, and I want to point this out, uh, we've spent so much time emasculating men. We forget what men look like, and we expect our fathers to have all the all the attributes our mother has, but they don't. We wonder why they didn't. Well, that's because they're not mothers. They're fathers, Okay. <laughs> And, and fathers have a certain role in our life to teach a certain thing, and mothers have a certain role in our lives to teach us a certain thing. And we can learn it all from God, right? God, God carries all, we see God carrying all the attributes that of what we think of the typical man, but he also carries with him the attributes of compassion and love and mercy. And, and so it takes two parents to learn everything that we can learn from God. <laughs> yep. And the devil, by the way. <laughs> so... Um, but uh, we we expect we expect that nurturing, loving, compassionate, 
kissing the boo-boo on the knee thing from our fathers. And that's not how men are generally wired. Men are wired different. Men are wired to be protectors. They're wired to be providers. They're wired to to be um, the, the guardian. Well, I said protectors, but I kind of separate that a little bit because you can see where they'll protect them against the kids. But then we as fathers want to protect our kids from every evil that's out there. And so we're standing guard and our attention is elsewhere, so to speak. We're wired totally different. So when we don't get the father that our mother is, uh, we tend to think poorly of him, <laughs> you know? Dad was the guy we were told we had to wait till he gets home. You better wait till your father gets right. home. Right. He was a disciplinarian. Yeah. That's another thing. The father's a disciplinarian. And so when, when we look at our fathers, I mean, I'm very careful when people are saying, oh, I, my dad and I didn't have a good relationship. A lot of times in counseling, when I counsel with them, I find out that, no, the father was being a disciplinarian. The father was being a protector or the father was being a provider. No, he did not go out there and play hopscotch with him every day, you know, um, but he was working hard every day to make sure that they could get the chalk to make the hopscotch, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we, <laughs> we sometimes got to put into... Um, into our purview, exactly what the father was is there for. Yes, he loves us, but he showed fathers show their love different than mothers do. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, my my dad taught me two great lessons. One is don't be a landlord, because I saw what it did to him. <laughs> the dollar just <laughs> took him away. Do not be a landlord. And the second one is when he gave me my first car. He says, "Hey, I'm giving you my '63 Falcon." I says, "But." You blew up the motor on that. He says, yeah, I know Fix where a motor is. You can put it in. And I'll tell you, that set me on a career's choice. I mean, I was fixing stuff the rest of my days. Now, I remember on my 13th birthday, my dad said, hey, I got you a bike. I said, great, where is it? He says, it's out hanging in the garage. Went out there, no tires, nothing on it. And he says, we'll go down to the bike shop and get all the parts you feel you need for it. And you're going to start putting it together. <laughs> you know, right. same thing. Life lessons. So life lessons. So you know, I, I don't mean to hog this, but uh, Father's Day a few years ago, I found this old picture of my dad sitting in the driveway of his house with a 54 Ford up on blocks doing the brakes. And he was in a T-shirt and he was thin and young and he had a couple kids around him watching him. And I put it on Facebook and I didn't make any comment, you know, and people thought it was me. Well, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember you having a '54 Ford. <laughs> no, you know, and and, I'm, and don't worry about hogging this conversation because we got Joe on the line who's going to be coming no. on shortly. Which means that if you have anything to say about Father's Day, you say it now because in about two seconds we're going to be talking about Arbor Day or something else. <laughs> How's it going, Joe? <laughs> That's a good one. And Ed, you're good uh, little. Uh, way around and joke was really good too and I'm going to try to go slowly so I don't have a brain fart like I did on ART when I called Myra Flores of Texas Myra Rodriguez because I know Myra Rodriguez from the 14th Congressional District Republicans or I did on Dick show when I was talking about potentially sitting out the primary election if there's no real choice there not the general so I've been having a bad day but as far he did as fathers, not next day. I pardon. <laughs> I missed what you said Nothing. there, Rick. What'd oh, you I say? said I said 
you did it. Next is Arbor Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but regarding Father's Day, I was only father to fur babies, but I've been a mentor to others' children. Can some of us get love on Father's Day for that? Let me answer that. Uh, you you listen to my show quite often. I often talk about you know uh, I don't I don't often talk about my own dad and my stepfather, but there was a man that was in my life that I always referred to as a father figure and a mentor towards me. And come Father's Day, I would always make a shirt a point of calling him, and that was Pastor Max. And he he was a primary father figure in my life. Who um, he looked at me as a son. I look and my what I'll call my my adopted brothers and sisters of the Schuster family, they they all say, no, he, he loved you like a son. And uh, I, I try to honor him like a son still, even though he's passed. A remarkable man. And so, yes, yeah, I, I thank think, you for that. I, I mean, that, have, that is important to remember. Uh, we have so many more people in our lives than just our father and our mother. And, you know, the it takes a village from the biblical standpoint, not the moronic left-wing Hillary. It takes a fascist government standpoint. It does take a village of family and friends and neighbors. And, you know, I love my dad greatly. He passed many years ago. Both my dad and my dad's dad had polka bands, which is where I got my creative gene to to get into music and writing and then other writing. So uh, there are many other sources, of course, of good intentions. So even children of divorce, we need a father figure in their lives if their mother is going to keep their actual father away from them. And that's an important thing to remember. All right, take care, brothers. Love you. Love you. Take care. You know, and, and he, he makes a very good point there because I'm sure through my life there's young men and stuff that I've mentored. Um, I I call my grandson. Uh, I love my grandson David to death. Um, I've got five grandkids, love them all, but David... I call him son, you know, he's my grandson, but I call him son. His father hasn't been around much for him. He hasn't had much of a father figure in his life. And he's allowing me to at least mentor him in, in the ways of life. And, and I'm telling you, he's at that point in his life where he needs a lot of mentoring. So <laughs> he's a teenager, you know, so he's a, a young man. And so he, you're, and it's a, it's, you reach out. It's a high calling to mentor young men, especially the fatherless. You know, yep. there's something biblical about helping the, the fatherless. And yeah, part very of much that so. is, is because the fatherless often become a target of the homosexual community. That's how they recruit. A guy's looking for a father figure and some homosexual comes along and starts leaning on him, you know, and, and, and attracting him in the wrong direction. That's why godly men need to step in and fulfill that function. Yeah, so. The, the main thing here is happy Father's Day, everyone. And if you don't have a, a child to be a father of and you are looking, you know, there's organizations out there, Big Brother, Big Sister, that type of thing, uh, where you can reach out and you can help some of those kids that Ed's talking about. And you can get the fulfillment of doing that as, as we heard Joseph had of mentoring others. 
and get the respect like Pastor Max had and the love that I had to offer him for everything he did. So, there, I mean, when you mentor someone, it's a win-win-win situation. It's good for society. It's good for the child. It's good for the one doing the mentoring. Um, and it's biblical, as you point out, Ed, to to reach out and help the orphans, so to speak. I was I was writing for I was actually doing show prep this morning and I was writing about our rights and how they were given us given to us by God. And I said uh, these rights were given to us citizens by God Almighty or as I call him father. So don't forget to celebrate Father's Day tomorrow by celebrating him with others in church. Yeah. And and make it really big point here. Um we are told by Jesus when we have a relationship with him, we get to call God Father, right? Mm-hmm. Make use of it. Make use of that. You know, he's the best dad in the world. He makes no mistakes, <laughs> right? Yep. You may not always understand what he's doing, but he makes no mistakes. And that's the wonderful thing about that father, the the father, our father. So... Uh, next, uh, next half, just give you a little heads up. We're going to be talking about a number of things. Uh, we'll be talking about gas prices again, I'm sure. We'll be talking about inflation. Um, don't know if you recognize the fact that when you go into the grocery store, things are costing more just by a lot. Uh, yeah. and, uh, if you can find them. But I also want to touch on this is we, we know how the Democrats stole the last election. They know we're watching them. But are you noticing how they're dealing now on stealing the election in Michigan? Because it's happening, folks. And I'm going to point it out to you on, on the next break. It's really interesting. So why? Be, how much time do I have? About three minutes before break? Two. Yes. Okay. So before next half, what I, you need to do, and please turn on the car radio and you can listen to, uh, to us while you're going down there. Get gas now because it's only going to go up again. Um, I heard that they did something that caused the gas prices to go down for a short time, which means they're going to go back up and probably big time. And uh, did you fill up this week? Derek, did you fill your car up this week? You got that nice big truck. Yeah, I did. How much? If you're on empty, how much does it cost for you on today's rate? How much does it cost you to fill up? About $105. Oh, you wow. got the small tank. Tell, tell tell the boss you need a raise just to pay for your gas to come in and run that board. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish I could, but I, I've got to stick with what I make right now. Yep. Yeah, you, you are a, you're a man of honor. You know, you, you go in there and say, this is what I agreed to make, and that's what I make. I did the same thing, and boy, am I regretting that. <laughs> so, no. I remember the in the... The old days, the bad old days with Obama, you know, I had a, I had two tanks on my F-150 and I went to River Rouge and found gas cheap and I went to fill up both of them by cheap. I mean, I went to fill up both of them. I, the register stopped me at $50. Wouldn't let me spend more because $50 was considered way overpaying, you know, for gas that you yeah. might be doing something criminal. And now uh, I top out at uh, one station with 75, another was 80. But the other day, they let me go all the way up to 150. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I drive a little tiny car where <laughs> be, before Biden was president, I could fill the car up for under $25. I am not kidding. 
Mm. Okay. Before Obama, I could fill it up for under $25. It now cost me over $50 to fill that same car. Yeah. I'm yeah, going well, out to visit Sherry's. Go ahead. I just, it's going to get, like he said, to get worse because I predicted $6 gas by Labor Day. I think so I did I before you did. $7 a gallon by, by Labor Day. You know, I, I was saying this uh, last week or the week before after I made the statement by Labor Day, and then I, I realized it may be there by 4th of July. Yeah, exactly. It's, I'm taking Sherry out to visit her dad on the other side of the state tomorrow. It will probably cost us about 60 bucks in gasoline round trip and then dinner. You know, it's like, wow, it, that's this is criminal. Do, do you remember uh, what it got to be in the last recession? The last. Uh, no, but we're started. all old, and we'll, we'll remember it if we have time to think about it, which we have right now. So we'll be, be back after these messages. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Colorado Avalanche defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-3 in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final this past Wednesday. Gabriel Landeskog, Valerie Nachushkin, and Arturi Lekanen each lit the lamp for Colorado in the first period while Nicholas Paul scored in the opening 20 minutes for Tampa Bay, who tied the game at three thanks to a pair of goals off the sticks of Andre Palat and Mikhail Sergachev in the middle frame. The score remained deadlocked for the final 26 minutes and 21 seconds of regulation before the contest featured a one-minute and 23-second sudden-death overtime period, which ended when Andre Burakovsky lit the lamp to propel the victorious avalanche. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue because I can't do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Gimme, gimme that ding. Sing it one more time, Mama. No, don't sing it one more time. Not one more time. Yeah, okay, maybe one more time next week. Hey, we are we're back, and we are kind of talking about Father's Day to start the show out. And of course, when you talk about Father's Day, you then have to talk about gas. And so we went into talking about the cost of gas. Um, and we have a lot of when we look at the cost of gas, we have to understand what that affects. It doesn't just affect us as as Ed was talking about. He's going to be going cross state to visit his father-in-law and, and the cost of that. But then he also mentioned that he's got to buy dinner. When gas goes up, it doesn't just affect us at the pumps, but if it affects us everywhere at the stores. No matter where we go, if it costs money and it costs money to get stuff, product to it, that's going to go up in price too. So everything goes up in price. And... Um, so when you walk into the grocery store, you end up paying a lot more at that register. I, 
this is something you might remember, Phil. Um, yeah, Ed, you're you're my age. You're about we're close together in age. You're a little older. I remember not too long ago, my mother had this calculation. Remember when they used to put groceries in great big paper bags before they discovered that they were destroying the world by using paper bags? You get these great oh, big geez, paper bags. Sonny, back in my day, we used paper bags. Yeah. Um, and, and But they, they would hold a lot of food, not these little tiny bags that can barely fit a bowling ball. And by the way, if you put a bowling ball, don't do that because it'll fall right out the bottom. Uh, yep. They big paper bags that hold a lot of food, and my mother would be able to guess how much that bag or how much the groceries would cost by calculating it out to be five dollars per bag. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. All right. Five dollars per bag. Now, when I was buying my own groceries, it had gone up, and it was ten dollars a bag. Okay, so if you had six full big bags of groceries on on that register, you know you're paying sixty dollars. My sister, who lives in Arkansas, came home and she had two of those little bowling ball bags. Guess how much it had cost her in food? Any guesses? I'll let you go first, Ed. Two two little bags of food. Sixty-eight dollars. Phil, what's your guess? Uh, Thirty. Well, were they ribeyes? No, no, <laughs> they were not. Um, she had some packages of pepperoni, so there was meat in there. Um, she had a few bars, a few, cause she's on an Atkins diet. She had a few things of Atkins bars, but all in the end, $200, Holy $200. And she took a picture of everything she bought. And she said, this is what $200 worth of groceries now. And there was some, some cleaning products in there, you know, some, some, uh, Clorox wipes and stuff like that, but $200 down in Arkansas. And that's because they have to pay everything to be driven in. Don't look so surprised. And if you ask your wife, if your wife does most of these shopping, she might tell you it skyrocketed. I mentioned a few weeks ago, chicken in, at Walmart or at Sam's Club. Uh, she was getting chicken at Sam's Club for a great big bag of boneless uh, uh, breast chicken. Great big bag. She was getting it for $13. It's now 30. Mm. All right. <laughs> We have got to afford to live. You, you were talking about, we had uh, fell during the break that we are heading in towards a recession. I'm saying if we don't watch it, this could turn into a full-blown depression. Um, well, yeah, you know, uh, the one thing that uh, in the last uh, recession that we had, I don't remember it being um, empty sh shelves like we have today. It was always abundance. You know, it, it got a little higher, but it's now we not have empty like shelves. Where you everywhere. go in there and you can't find, uh, you know, too many products are not, not available on a regular basis, and so this tells me that uh, that we are going to uh, have some times that we've never witnessed in my lifetime. Well, except during that time with Wilson, you were there, then, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, and, and look at this. Uh, I actually, weren't you there for Wilson? Maybe Lincoln? Well, know. you know, I, I remember a guy that was telling me that, like, uh, when I was, uh, I'd say probably in my early 20s, and uh, he was an old construction worker, and he told me that things uh, were like in, during the Depression. 
you know, a, a penny, you could get a loaf of bread for a penny. He said, but did nobody have any pennies? You know, that, <laughs> right. that I knew. So, well, thing, here, here's what you're going to also find. And this is important. Look at the packages. When you go in there saying, well, prices haven't gone up that much. Yeah. Look at the size of the package. Look at the package. Uh, I went in, my wife drinks this uh, chai mix that you can only get at Sam, Sam's Club. She absolutely loves it. We get her some for the year, every year. And uh, she says, well, it hasn't gone up. Only a dollar in price. I said, but look at how much is in it. And you read the label and they decrease the amount like 50%, you know? So you're getting half as much. The container still looks about the same size, but the amount inside, a lot less, right? Half as and much so, for twice the price. Right, so they're they're not raising the price on the package, but they're giving you half as much, mm -hmm. and and then it has a hard time even making it to the shelves. Uh, let's get Walter on the line. He wants to talk about Biden's gas prices. I I think uh, I think we can blame guy Biden for more than just the the gas prices going up. I think we can blame him for all this inflation. I don't think we can blame Putin because this was happening before the war in Ukraine. But uh, let's see what Walter has to say. How you doing, Walter? Hello, hello, guys. Hey, you guys are talking about recession or depression. If it comes about, it was it was self-inflicted wound by the Democrats. We let's just think, let's just not forget about that. What we're going through right now is self-inflicted, not brought on about God striking us with plagues, judgments because of sin. Yes, there's much sin in this land, but this was self-inflicted. Uh, created by the pan Democrat. That's right, pandemic, pan Democrat. But um, that's just a side note. What I want to say: we, the Democrats, want us to get so brainwashed and brain dead with what, looking at high gas prices that when it goes down, I was in Owasso, a little north of here, yesterday, and uh, one town over Corona, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Actually went down from five something over five something within a few days when I was there earlier in the week. It went from five for uh, twenty nine down to four eighty five, and they want us to think that oh what four eighty five oh my god man this, I got to go there I got to get to that gas station get that I know right deal. I seen it for four ninety nine I'm saying how cool is this it's still <laughs> high but. <laughs> That is so true. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We're falling for the dangling yep. carrot, man. <laughs> You're like, what a deal. And we yeah. got so immune. We got so used to seeing it so high that we get a, just a little reprieve, a little break. Man, that's a steal of a deal. Man, they're too expensive across the street. I'm going to the Shell station. I'm going to the Marathon station. And I'm thinking, I can get a pocket cheaper? pack of potato chips for $8? Yay! <laughs> You know, <laughs> that is so true. Hey, and, and, hey, thanks a lot, Walter. Walter, I love you, and I normally would let you go on, but when I was talking and uh, leading up to your phone call, I happened to mention my wife more than three times, and sure enough, she's on the line, and I've got to take this call. Hello, Gaylene, my love. Hello, my love. I hope you can hear me okay because I'm driving. So tell me if my well, phone stop, is coming through. Stay where you're at. So what you Are you say. there? We're here. Okay. Okay, that's a good thing. So I wanted to talk about gardening and self-sufficiency. And you know what? 
I'm sorry, but there isn't really much of an excuse for hunger in our country when we have rich, fertile soil and we have abundant rainwater. Um, you all can be planting gardens. I'm sorry if you don't think you have a green thumb, but, you know, four or five zucchini plants will feed a nation. <laughs> four or five and, zucchini and plants. We have the ability to take back the power, and we need to. It's silly to wait for the grocery stores to stock up. Go buy wheat. Go buy, go buy flour right now. Save it in five-gallon buckets so you can bake your own bread. It's not that hard, folks. You can feed yourself. You do not have to go hungry. Well, unfortunately, then you would have to look up the recipes, how to do that on the Internet. That takes electricity, and that electricity takes power, and we're getting skyrocketing power. So even when you do it yourself, you're going to spend a fortune on it just so you can learn how to make it. But, but you uh, know you got what? a good point. There is something it to be said about self-sufficiency. Yet, so you can print your recipes right now. And you can go in <laughs> Grandma's house and, and borrow her cookbook. You know, you know my, <laughs> there's ways. My, there's ways. My sister, my sister put up... My sister Mary put up on her Facebook thing about ways of surviving this pandemic. Part of it was growing your own garden. Part of it was putting a shell around your house so he can't get in. Uh, there was a lot of ridiculous stuff that we could do to survive this. Growing your own garden isn't a bad idea. It does teach you some some basic abilities. But not everyone has a physical ability to make their own garden, nor do they have the yard to do their own garden. They're not blessed like we are, where we got some property to do so. Sometimes That's you can use a raised bed. Yes, but how much is that going to produce enough to last you for a season? We still have got to take and put the blame on these prices where it belongs. And, and I think we have to point this out. The blame has to go on, first of all, the government. Now, I'm going to disagree and and, and Walter, I'm not going to argue okay with you on that. You. I think We're you're 100% right. We have, to, we have to acknowledge that this is Biden's America. This is what the Democrats want. They want us all dependent. They want us all suckling the teat of the government so that they can cut it off at any time they want. They want us to not have skills and not have, have power and not have independence. And that's what they're working towards. I mean, this whole business about formula and everything else, because they forced us to have two income households because we can't afford to live without a second income. I mean, I, I will agree with you. Yes, it is. You know, everybody take a look. Y'all voted for this. Well, not all of you, but those of us who, who uh, didn't vote to the right voted for this. Even the dead people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just see, I saw that ad uh, the other day, someone running for office. I can't remember where it is. And he's got a zombie standing for him, uh, standing next to him. And he, he says, why do dead people always vote for Democrats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Well, hey, I'll let you get on with it. I'm going to hang up now so I can listen to the rest of your wonderful callers and guests. All right. She doesn't want to listen to me. She wants to listen to the callers and guests. Got that. Um, so uh, I wanted to say this because uh, how do I say, put this? Got a reference to last week's show about is this under judgment? And uh, I still believe this country's under judgment. Do I blame the? Do I see the Democrats as part of that judgment? I see the Democrats as part of that judgment. God has over and over again allowed evil men to do evil things in a nation as part of His judgment. We see that over and over in the Bible. So at this point, 
the Democrats are part of the judgment against this. And, and I would say the cause of the sins of this nation, the big part of the cause of the sins of this nation. Uh, they, they're the ones that want to kill our babies, murder our babies. They're, they're just no justice. They want to do away with the police and everything else. Everything that God says a nation should have, justice and mercy and love and life and, and everything else that the Democrats are against. They're against everything God, which is why they wanted to uh, get God out of their convention. Um, and, and Ed just gave me the mention. Who was the who was the uh, candidate? Let's give him an uh, honorable mention with the zombie. Kevin Rink, I was told by uh, one of our listeners. Kevin Rink? Yeah, yeah. It's a great commercial. Absolutely. Unfortunately, coming out of that commercial, I remember it was a political commercial. But all I remember is the zombie line. You know, it's, not the name <laughs> of the candidate. Not the name of the candidate. And uh, being in a, being someone who used to do advertising knows that when you walk away, it's good you remember the commercial, but you have to na- remember the name of the product. And I don't remember the name until you just told me who it was. I'm saying, okay, that that seems to fit. But you could have told me it was Krusty uh, uh, the Clown, and I would have said, okay. <laughs> but uh, well, I'm trusting Joe on this one. He sent it. Yeah, Yeah. and and I don't know much about them, but the commercial, I love it. Absolutely love it. Zombie, why do dead people always vote for Democrats? Representative government. It's representative government. We got got a new caller, Elizabeth. You want to talk about uh, Democrats versus globalists? (laughs) Yep. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I has been referred to as a right-wing wacko, so I am definitely a conservative Christian, hardcore, non-socialist. And I hear Welcome people... Welcome to the club. Ref- yep. So I'm one of you. I was Pat Kolbeck's Oakland County Volunteer Coordinator. I am in the trenches. I'm old, and I'll never give up. But what I'm calling about is saying that It's not just Democrats. If you think the Bushies were good conservative Republicans, guess what? They're globalists. And it's more good versus evil. And you guys are good. I am good. Not all Republicans are good. I have supported very heartily some conservative, supposedly Republicans, who once they got into office, they could have cared less. So there are. Let me ask you a question, Elizabeth, because this comes up. This comes up a lot, and I, I I go through this angst every election time. I remember when the second term when Schneider was running, I I did not want to vote for him. He is not a conservative. He is not uh, uh, in any way, shape, or form does he go along Correct. with the Republican pla- uh, platform. No, I'm talking about Schneider when he ran. I did Correct. not want to vote for him. But he I heard a lot a of Republicans saying, well, you got to vote for these globalists in the Republican Party uh, just to make sure we have enough Republicans in. Have you Correct. ever felt that? That um, anger that you had to vote for somebody just because they had yes. an R, R after their name? Yes. And, and, and McCain and Romney were two who I held my nose to vote for because they were better than the devil alternative. And But when you look at what Romney is doing today and, what, and who McCain was, 
I mean, they were slime balls. They were horrifying. I'm not saying that they weren't better than their Democrat equivalents, but, you know, there are such... It's good versus evil, and not all Republicans are good. They were turncoats. And, yep, and, and I will continue, and I have told some of the Republicans who I worked very hard. I marched in their parades. I contributed as much as I could, and once they got into power, they're like, you know, give me some money, and next time I'll do better, and I'm like, lose my number. Take my name yep. out of your system. Anyway. So, God bless you, yeah. men, God. and happy Father's Day. Thank you. And and I was out and about today wishing God blessings to all of the alpha men who were out in the stores today. So, And, and we talked about how it takes um, courage to be a good father and to say no, and, and I've listened to your stories. Anyway, so God bless you, gentlemen, and thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for listening. Always nice Thanks to hear so from a, a new caller thank that you. doesn't sound like Joe. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Joe. But, uh, <sighs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, well, you, yeah, know, it, you know, you vote for these rhinos, you know, you vote for them in the hope, just the hope that they might do something right, you know? And so you're telling me there's a chance. There's yeah! <laughs> it's just a chance they might do the right thing, you know? Yeah, we got to get away that soundboard away from Ed there, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't, that equipment should never be in his hands. There's some equipment that shouldn't be in some people's hands, you know? I, I think there needs to be red letter laws. Uh, Are you, you restraining uh, uh, my sound <laughs> equipment rights? I am. I shouldn't have a fully automatic soundboard. That is what I am saying. You're using an assault board. I know one when I see one. It's the clip folder here. It's called a clip, not a magazine. It's a clip. And it was funny today. My wife says, my wife says, so we, we've been moving my spare, my spare magazine around in the car too. So it keeps it out of her way. And she, today we're coming back from the restaurant. She says, is your magazine okay? Did you, you like your magazine there? And I thought she meant American Rifleman, the only magazine I get. I'm like, what? I want to say this, and if we have time to say other stuff afterwards, but I want to say this to the fathers out there. Tomorrow's Father's Day. God bless you. I pray that you strive to be the father that is called for in the Bible. The father that doesn't provoke the kids, but disciplines the kids. The father that loves his children and sets them on the right path. The father that protects and provides for his children and don't get caught up in the whole world of tell, the world trying to tell you what you need to do to be a father. If you're going to get advice on how to be a father, get it from the Bible, nowhere else. And if you do that, your kids will love you. They will respect you. They will always remember you. And they will talk about how great of a father you are. I've seen that in fathers. I've seen that um, and the father that I call my surrogate father, Pastor Max, I've seen that in a number of men. And godly men make fathers that um, children are proud to have. So be that father. And I want to just say again, happy Father's Day. I, I wanted to get that out because we're coming up close to the end. And once once Phil starts talking, we can't get him to stop. <laughs> so... 
<laughs> Any comments there? Listening. Yeah, um, can Derek, can you uh, dig up that uh, rinky ad we're talking about with the zombie? I, I'm wondering if it it's. Uh, I wonder if it's good in audio. Well, uh, Ed, I was looking for it. Yeah, if Ed has it, it, yeah, you go ahead and play it. No, I don't. I'm looking for it, and all I can find is liberal rebuttals to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, they, are you saying that they have blocked that ad off the internet because the liberals are re rebutting it? Could be. Would they do that? Would they block it? Ah, I don't think America. they would block something that people don't like just because it goes against their political grain. Not in America. This is America. No, they wouldn't do that. But they will blame the high gas prices and high grocery prices and everything else on, well, Putin, who... May I say this again because I'm tired of hearing this? <laughs> it's not Putin's fault. Folks, this was happening before the war. And yet this has become the narrative of every Democrat. Putin's gas prices, Putin's increase on rates. You know, it's not Putin. And, and what you can blame on Russia is a direct result of what Joe Biden did in sanctions to Russia in his war regarding Ukraine, is trying to get us into a world war. Yeah, it's it still goes back to Biden. Folks, have a blessed day to the fathers again out there again. Happy Father's Day to all you mothers out there. Stop that. Have a blessed day. <laughs> You've been listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600. With your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week, right here on Wham Radio, 